Hello, everybody. Welcome. Glad you're here uh, kicking off the live stream. This is Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. And tonight we're going to draw, what is it, the sixth, the sixth winner in the uh, 1,000 subs equals $1,000 fish giveaway that we're doing to celebrate getting 1,000 a, a subs on YouTube. So thank you to everyone that subbed. Um, and glad you are here. So this one will be fairly short, I believe. Um, got a, a few, uh, just that giveaway to do, and then we'll move on. Tilapia Store, hey, welcome back. Thomas Perkins, hey, Thomas. Thomas, man, I've got my fingers crossed on those fish. So uh, send some fish to Thomas. I got delayed in the mail. Um, we're, we're hoping they do okay. So we're, we're standing by to, to see how that goes. Um, you know, I've, I've had delays before and sometimes they turn out okay, sometimes they don't. We're hoping this is one of the ones that turns out okay. So yeah, rooting for you, man. Doug's Fish Adventure, hello. Papa Doubles, hey, hey, Papa Doubles, welcome. Um, hey, Tilapia Store, is it warmer in Florida now or are you still, uh, <laughs> are you still fighting the ice? And is your operation heated or is this really a, a big problem for you? Or are you struggling? It's not hot yet, man. Craig, hey, welcome Craig. 26 degrees tonight, man. CL Roman, yes, welcome. Glad you could make it, CL. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of Lau, who I call Owen now. I'm sitting up straight. Okay, here we go. Let me adjust this a little bit. All right, good, good. All heated, good, good. 17 here in Oklahoma, man. That's cold for Oklahoma, isn't it, Thomas? You guys don't get snow there very much, do you? Craig, like you guys, yes, like. Hanga 77, hello, good to see you. Six degrees in PA. Sup, Javier? Um, 20 degrees in Texas, 66 in Oregon. <laughs> in Oregon, it's 66. And in Florida, it was, what was that, 26? That's insane. Every other year you get snow. Okay, so it gets, it gets cold occasionally. I just watched this YouTube video and this guy used his fish tanks and filtered his with his aquaponics system. Yeah, that's from Doug, yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. If I had the, the space, that would be awesome. I think the closest I'll get anytime soon is just watering my lawn with the uh, fish water in the summertime. Um, 15 in Tennessee, man. Preston Shea, Texas shut down when we hit the 20s. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, um, what's up, Bob? Good to see you. Craig, hey. Um, CL, how cold in Wyoming? Um, cold, like negative 15. Let me, let me just Google real quick. Um, and see what it is. Sheridan, Wyoming weather. And we are at 25 degrees right now. Um, so that's, that's actually not too bad for us, <laughs> believe it or not. Let me look and see what the low is going to be. Negative um, 23. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm surprised how cold it is in the rest of the country. It's, uh, that's insane. That is insane. Scout Town, what's up? Let me check something. Sheridan, Wyoming weather. 
All right, this will tell me for sure. It's Got 25 it better degrees and partly cloudy in Sheridan. Yeah, 25 degrees. And it's going to be a low of, let me make sure I had that right. Oh, no, it's not going to be too bad. It's the, Our low is going to be 23 degrees. Man, Florida's as cold as we are. That is insane. Jeez. Man, I hope that passes soon. That is crazy. Scout Town, welcome. Aquatic Jack. How often do you expect to get those white gobies in? The white cheek gobies? They're kind of seasonal. I've I've got them in, uh, I think, twice before. So um, it can happen. It's not real common, though. They're not, they're not a staple. They're not a bread and butter fish by any means. So it can, uh, yeah, <laughs> not always. You can kind of get them seasonally. Every, a few times a year, I can get them. Yeah. All right. Gamer Janeth Productions. Hello, Dan. Well, hello, Janeth. Uh, let me know if I said that wrong. Janeth seems right. Um, Javier Laos jersey represent 34. Brr, man, Craig can hook you up. He's in the propane business. <laughs> I don't get to shut down. In fact, I'm at work right now. It's 8.06. Dang, Craig. Yeah, I guess people gots to be warm, right? So Flynn's fish form. Hello, Flynn. Glad you could make it. Um, so we're just all talking about how cold it is. Scout Town, anyone else getting buffering? Hope not. It looks like it's good on my end, Scout Town. Uh, yeah, everyone else looks like everyone's doing good. Okay, good. So for once, it's not my fault. <laughs> it usually is. Um, all right. Aquatic Jack, I don't want to chance shipping until it warms up. Yeah, I I usually do just fine in the winter. Um, hit my first snag this week, unfortunately. So a package was delayed. Uh, fingers are crossed it gets there, but it's rare that that happens, but it happened this time. CL, I should have spent the winter in Wyoming this year. Been cold to hear in PA. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Well, come on over to sunny, warm Wyoming. <laughs> Thomas, since I got that store credit, if I have to reorder, I might get some of those other Aplicylus killifish you have. Yeah, let's, Thomas, fingers crossed. Let's see what goes down. If it doesn't, if, if things end up, uh, if it ends up being a problem, if the worst should happen, I'll take care of you. Craig Francis, I'll hook you up. Yep, with the propane. Uh, all right, Owen made it. Thank you. Welcome, Owen. Wow. Oh, okay. Sitting up straight now. All right. Let's see here. Um, Jalopy story. Held off shipping this week. Well, yeah, if it's 26 in Florida. You know, I, yeah. I guess after being in Wyoming so long, cold weather just doesn't really phase me as much as it did, but maybe it should. Maybe I need to be a little more cautious. I'll have to take this under advisement. Oh, Thomas, you've had other shipments bad luck this year? Like like a lot? And is it because of the cold or was it other times of the year? Um, Maximus McHenry, hi. Hello, Maximus. CL's coming back in the end of May. Awesome. Well, if you end up around Sheridan, give me a heads up. And if you're if you're around, you know, you're welcome to come over, check stuff out. Be awesome to have a have you over. Craig, I'm wanting to get some Odessa barbs when it warms up a little from you. Great. Those are awesome. And Odessa barbs are actually one of the fish that would ship pretty well in the cold. They don't mind it. They can take it down ooh, mid-50s pretty easy. So they would be, they'd be better than a lot of the species down in the cold. 
Susie Q. O'Connor, did I mess the winner? I don't know. Did you mess the winner? Did you mess him up? No, you didn't miss the winner, Susie Q. I'm about to do that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Kyle's Wild World made it woot. Woot right back. Um, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and do the, uh, the giveaway. And then Maximus will come right back and start with your question, your comment. And we'll go down the list like we usually do. So for those who are new and don't know what's going on, um, I got a thousand subs on my YouTube channel. It's over 1,200 now, which is awesome. And it took like a year grinding it out, almost a year to get that those thousand subs. So I'm celebrating by giving away a thousand dollars of free fish at dancefish.com. If you go to dancefish.com, there's a widget on the homepage. You can uh, it, the contest rules are all there. It's super easy to enter. Um, and you can do one thing and get one point towards entry. Or you can do a bunch of things and get a bunch of points to increase your odds of winning. And what you win is a hundred bucks. So I'm giving away to 10 people, a hundred dollars of store credit at dancefish.com. So 10 times hundred, that's the thousand dollar giveaway. And if you go and just create an account at dancefish.com, then I'll give you a credit of, of 10 bucks automatically for free. Um, this all goes until the 21st of this month. So I believe that's Sunday, if I, if my math is right. Um, and all those credits, the $100 credits and the $10 credits are all good through February 2nd. Um, so that's the contest. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up my widget on my other screen over here and pick the next winner. The widget I'm using is, um, is called Gleam and it's curating this whole thing. Oops, I clicked the wrong screen. Oh man, there we go. Okay, so let me click on winners here. I'm gonna draw another winner. Oh, the winners so far, in case you wonder, are Dolores Miranda, Johnny Cruz, Craig Wiggins, Justin Lapp, and Moses Mos... What is it? Mosqueda? Mosqueda. Mo Moises Mosqueda, maybe. Moses Mosqueda. So, um, and what they did to win was four of them subscribed to the monthly newsletter at dancefish.com. So um, they'll get a monthly newsletter I'm not going to clog your inbox or spam you or anything like that. It'll be just all cool stuff. So um, there'll be a, in a description of like a, a, a species of fish. There'll be um, some kind of discount to dancefish.com that you could use for that, that week or something like that. And then uh, maybe some dancefish trivia, something like that. So that's what the newsletter is. And then the other person, Craig Wiggins, created an account at dancefish.com. That's how he got his uh, hundred bucks. Um, so here we go. Gonna draw a winner. Make sure I have this just set on one. And click draw. Okay, it's processing. Okay, gotta scroll down here. Our next winner is Francis Cardi. So Francis Cardi, if you're watching, congrats. Um, Francis subscribed to the newsletter and is from Oakland, California. So. Um, yeah, congrats, Francis. And I will be uh, emailing Francis when the live stream is over and um, making sure that that gets all, all set up. So, all right, good. So let me get back to, here we go, scrolling up. 
Back to Maximus. You should breed shell dwellers. I should. I love them. I bred them. Um, I've kept Brevis. I've kept some of the others. The one that did the best for me was uh, Lamprologus multifasciatus, which is the one that does best for everybody. And one one day I might I might do them again. They're they're just so fun to watch. Um, I'm a little nervous because my water is so soft, and with my automated system, I don't have a good way to harden it. Um, but I do know folks in town that have the same water, and they keep African Rift Lake cichlids without any problems. So I might try it here. What I find works well with those is, um, you know, a bunch of uh, kind of not sand, but kind of smaller gravel and the the fish and the, the shells and then a bunch of Malaysian trumpet snails. Because what happened was the shellies would, would move the sand around, as you know, and build these big mounds of sand, but they might be three, four, five inches high, these big mounds. And so then you get problems with anaerobic bacteria and what the uh, Malaysian trumpet snails do is they dig down in that. So they keep that aerated and fresh. So they keep the uh, big mounds of sand from going stagnant um, and, and you having problems with uh, anaerobic bacteria and gases and stuff like that building up in there. So yeah, no, I like shell dwellers a lot. Doug's Fish Adventure. Is there any type of fish that you would like to keep that you haven't kept in a long time or never kept? Yes. One of my bucket list, list fish is called Poro Panchax Bashardi, or it might be called Congo Panchax Bashardi. Um, I haven't kept up completely with the name changes um, of, the, of the lamp eyes, but it's a killifish. Um, let me Google it here and, and leave a link up for you guys so you can see. Um, there, there it is. So you can see what I'm talking about. So here's a Google search. Um, let me put it in here. This is one of my bucket list fish. A friend of mine has had them. Um, hopefully that worked. Let me see. Yeah. A friend of mine had them and I got to see them and they were awesome. Just great. But, um, but they're hard to find. They're not imported regularly and um, they're a little delicate during shipping. So it's going to be, it's going to be, a tough time finding them but that's one another one that i would like to keep is um betta macrostoma i've kept a lot of wild type bettas bred a lot of them um, raised a lot of fry from a lot of species but i've never tried the macrostoma yet and what keeps me from doing it is probably kind of dumb but it's just fear um because they're so expensive and can be so um, delicate, at least that's reputation. But then again, Betachinoides used to have that reputation and so did uh, Betarubra and all those. So I might try them. Um, I know there's a breeder in the Seattle area that uh, captive breeds quite a lot. And there's another guy on Aquabid named Arrow, A-E-R-O, I believe, who I've ordered killifish from in the past and his fish came in great. And um, he breeds macrostoma. So I might get them again, not again, I've never kept them. I might get them um, and just make sure I get them from a captive breeder uh, in, here in the United States and try those. But yeah, those two fish, there's a lot of others, but those are two that pop to mind right now. Um, all right, 
So keep going down here. Kai's Wild World. Hey Dan, I forgot to mention last time I have a video where I collected those Plains Killies. That's awesome. Is it on your channel right now? Um, and what's the title? Because I will go geek out on that as soon as this live stream is done. Um, yeah, sorry, Susie Q. Thanks for, thanks for laughing. Thanks for laughing and not getting mad. Um, I like to have fun and joke around. Sometimes I offend people, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> Craig Francis, uh, lol. CL Roman, gee, thanks. That would be great. Um, not quite sure exactly what that was about. It's, uh, I've forgotten, but yes, it would be. Um, Craig Francis, hey, everyone, hit the like button. Yeah! Are you not entertained? <laughs> no. It's hit the like button or send me the hook and jerk me off this stage, right? <laughs> hit the gong or the like button. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas Perkins, good news. I got about a dozen dragon endler fry last night. That's awesome. Great. Is that your first time breeding that strain of endlers? Um, man, endlers are gorgeous. All endlers are gorgeous. I have yet to meet an ugly endlers. They're awesome. Wichita, welcome. Good evening. Glad you are here. Susie Q. O'Connor, why is it so hard for me to find stir-by quarries? Are they kind of rare? No. Stir-by are bread and butter. Um, there's at least three sources I can get them from every week. Um, so uh, wholesale sources, more than that. Um, so they're, no, they're, they're around and they're available. Um, well, okay, I take that back. They're on the lists, but I did try to order some in last time and they were zeroed. So they are offered on the lists all the time, but um, I, I wonder if they're on the lists, but supply is low or something. So on, on mature consideration, maybe, maybe right now there aren't as many because usually they don't short me on that fish. So I wonder, I wonder if there is a little shortage right now. But no, in general, they're not rare. They might be a little pricey, but they're not rare. And um, I think in general, they're available. Just, I mean, the last order I got shorted, but that's the first time. So you can't call shortage if they just don't come in once, I guess. Kyle's Wild World. Susie, stir shouldn't be too rare. Sometimes during the winter months, don't get LFSs, don't get certain fish. Yeah. Yeah. Javier, thumbs up to you too. One, two, three. Right back at you. Um, Aquatic Jack message retracted. So don't know what you said, Aquatic, but I'm sure it was awesome. Tilapia store, congrats. Yes, congrats to the winner. Craig Francis. Susie, it took me months to find a group of stirbys. Really? Okay, I'm going to go to Aquabit right now. And I am betting you. Well, unless Susie, maybe... Maybe you're not comfortable shipping fish, which is totally fine. If that's the case, then they might not be easy to find. But I see uh, Wet Spot has them. Six for 42 bucks right now on Aquabid. Um, GG Fishery, who I don't know, has three for $22.99 on Aquabid. And that's just in the first couple listings on Aquabid. Um, so there's several for sale on Aquabid right now. Um, yeah, months to find a group of stirbys. You know, I wonder if local fish stores don't carry them as often just because they are a little pricier. 
Aeneas, albino Aeneas, and um, Paleotus, peppercories, are quite a bit less expensive. Pandacories are quite a bit less expensive. So maybe it might be a price thing where they just don't want to risk it if they can get a less expensive quarry. Um, go Francis, I concur. I concur. Congrats, congrats, congrats to everyone. Lucky Francis. All right. Lumpy Dog in the house. Well, welcome to the house. Um, all right. Oh, wow. Chad just jumped on me like a ton. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Gonna catch up here. <laughs> just a sec. <laughs> hang on. Okay. That was weird. Hang on. I'm finding where we're at. There we go. Uh, Preston Shea, lots of crushed coral. Uh, Preston, I imagine you're talking about how to raise the pH in my system. And that would work in most situations, but it doesn't work in my system. Um, I change at least 50% of the water in my aquariums every day. And with that high amount of water change, the crushed coral dissolves so slowly that it doesn't have an effect that I can measure on the pH. I've tried it, but it's just because I changed uh, so much water uh, that, that the crushed coral doesn't have a chance to dissolve enough calcium into the water column to actually do any buffering. Now, anyone that doesn't change that much water, yeah, crushed coral is wonderful because it prevents spiking. It's just this gradual, this gradual uh, buildup of buffer in your aquarium, but it doesn't work in mine. Javier, love soft water discus. Yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. I like discus too. I've had a lot of them, just don't have them at the moment. Preston Shea, help harden up that water. <laughs> Susie Q, thanks guys. I love the fish fam. I have to agree. Um, so let me tell you, I know fish fam itself is a, a little bit new, but this community has really helped me out a lot. Here's what happened. So um, last December, well, a year ago, last December, I started uh, really starting on the fish room, uh, planning. I mean, I'd been planning for a while, but getting serious about it, like setting aside the money, starting to um, price things out, get the whole spreadsheet of every item I needed and where I was going to get it from and how much it would cost, all that. So, and I was just about to start and I hurt my back. So this was last um, January. And I didn't do anything. I didn't start building the fish room. I didn't, I wasn't, nothing strenuous at all. All I did is go to bed and I woke up the next morning and I couldn't get out of bed. And so for a couple of weeks, I was just laying in bed and it hurt like a mother, you know what, um, it was bad. And so, it was the worst timing because I was all jazzed up about starting the fish room. I'd started ordering things and um, I was ready to go and start tearing down the old room. And right when I was about to do that, that happened. So it was a bummer. Um, and what happened is I got on YouTube a lot because I was in bed, <laughs> couldn't do anything. And so for a couple weeks, what kind of kept me going and kept the dream alive was this community, was watching all the videos of other people's fish rooms. Um, the person that got me through the most, he doesn't know this, but it is Corey from Aquarium Co-op, Corey McElroy. Um, I watched every one of his videos. And thank goodness he had a ton 
because um, I had a lot of time. So I watched him build his fish room. I got to know his store. I got to know his story. And it just, while I was in bed, so for two weeks I was just in bed pretty much. And then it still took a few weeks after that before I was fully mobile and back up and going. And um, it was thanks to Corey and Steen Font, and uh, Steen Fott. I always say, I always say Steen Font, but it's Steen Fott. Um, and a lot of the other YouTubers that, that I'm really grateful for that. It really got me through a tough time. And it kept the dream alive. You know, it kept, it made it so I could still uh, be building the fish room in my mind and getting ideas and progressing on it, even though I just laid flat in bed. So I love the fish fam. Um, and, and I'm glad you're all here. I, I find this community positive, supportive, and just uh, a step above many of the other communities that I've been involved in when it comes to fish or hobbies and things like that. Yeah. Uh, Scout Town, fish fam loves you, Susie. Yeah, I agree. Craig Francis, Susie, your local fish store might order them for you. I love, I love mine. First time I have had them in 20 years of fish keeping. Yeah, they're beautiful. I mean, they are gorgeous fish. There's no question about it. Kyle's Wild World. Have you ever bred or known anyone who has bred the Epiplates? I have to be careful how I say that. A secondus, that's what I'm going for. Banga CB99. No. Um, Sanford Binder in Los Angeles, or Southern California anyway. Um, Sanford Binder in Southern California has uh, quite a few epiplates. Shoot, we're buffering, aren't we? Um, hang on, I'm going to close every window that is not absolutely necessary on here in the hope that um, that that'll prevent my bandwidth from getting sucked up any other way. Okay, so as I was saying, sorry, Sanford Binder has several species of epiplates, or he did last time I went and looked at his fish room. Um, but that specific one, no, I'm not. I'm not sure who breeds that one. But this is a case, folks, where um, joining an organization could be a huge help. Um, the American Killifish Associ Association, the AKA, is wonderful. And it doesn't cost very much to join. Um, and if you join, you'll get a member roster with just hundreds of people that are killifish nuts. And you'll be able to find people that specialize in, in any kind of killifish you're interested in. Um, also, on Facebook, um, there's the, let me see what it's called exactly. I guess I will open a tab. There's the killifish maintenance um, and conservation, killifish breeding, conservation, and maintenance group on Facebook. Um, so you might want to check them out, Kyle. A lot of the AKA folks, the American Killifish Association folks, hang out there. So, and they answer questions and they're happy to help there too. So that might be a good thing to do. But nope, I don't know if I've ever even seen that Epiplates in person. Thomas Perkins, Geophagus Tapajos is on my bucket list. Yeah, yeah. Now, is that the redhead Geophagus? I think it is. Um, I could be wrong about that. With the big bump on the male's head, the big the big red nuchal hump. Um, Kyle's Wild World. Yes, it is. It's called something like collecting wild fish in plants. Seal Roman. Visiting your fish room. Cool. Let's hook it up. Kyle's Wild World. Thomas, me too. 
Javier Laos like. <laughs> Thanks, Javier. Javier is going to make, make darn sure I get it some likes. Thank you. A topos biotope is something Thomas wants to do. Cool. That sounds awesome. Okay, here's a question. Doug's fish adventure. What is a good starter fish to breed? Um, so, Doug, do you want to do live bearers or egg layers? And I, um, unless I see a comment below that says live bearers, I'm going to assume that question means egg layers because um, live bears are, are pretty simple to breed. But if you're asking about live bears, I'll answer that later when I get down in the chat. For egg layers, um, what I would recommend probably would be there's a killifish called Fundalopanchax gardneri. And the reason I would recommend that fish is because it eggs lay, it, it eggs lays. <laughs> I haven't even had a drink tonight and listen to me. It lays eggs that are fairly large and the eggs are really, really tough. Um, so they don't tend to fungus or go bad on you. And when the fry hatch, they're big enough to eat baby brine shrimp. And that's one of the things that you want if you're gonna raise an egg laying species. Uh, the larger the fry, the easier they are to raise because then they're easier to feed. Um, hatching baby brine shrimp is kind of the key to cracking a lot of species if you wanna raise up the fry. And Fundalopanchax gardneri is, um, here, let me type it for you. Fundalopanchax gardneri um, is, a fish that's super easy to breed, very hardy, and the fry are easy to raise. Another fish that's really easy um, that I have right now and I'm breeding is, there's a couple, but the, the rice fish, the daisy's rice fish, Waware, I believe is the species name. Same reason, they're hardy fish, lay big eggs in the fry when they hatch, they're big enough to eat baby brine shrimp. Um, they'll also take micro worms, uh, banana worms, things like that. So anything that's big enough to eat baby brine shrimp and is hardy would probably be fairly simple. Now, an, other egg layers that are super easy are there's some cichlids like convict cichlids. You can't help but breed them if you have a male and female. The problem you'll run into with those is they'll have so many babies and they'll raise so many babies, even if all you do is feed flake food they'll still find a way to raise them. They'll like grab the food and crush it up and spit it out to the babies, stuff like that. Um, the problem with them is they're so common and they, they're so hardy and easy to raise that they're super common. So it can be hard to get rid of those babies. Um, another one is a fire mouth cichlid, uh, the mikai. Those are really easy as well. So some of the more common, less expensive cichlids that don't get too big can be super easy. But I like Fundalopanchax gardneri. I like uh, the rice fish, um, and like Pseudomugil uh, fricatus, the the small rainbow fish, Pseudomugils. Um, the fricatus, they their their babies are big enough to take uh, baby brine shrimp right away too. So that's another easy one. So those are some to get you started. Um, tilapia store. Oh wow! I don't even know how to say that. I'm gonna have to look that up. I'm looking for. Cerotheridon linelli, is that right? I am totally Googling that, see what that is. Cause I haven't heard of that fish before. Um, 
If it's a cichlid, that's why. I'm not a big cichlid guy. Oh, yeah, it's a cichlid. All right. So, oh, wow. That is a cool-looking fish. Look how metallic that thing is. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Thomas Perkins, yes, I'm not a huge fan of live bears, so breeding them is an easy challenge for me. So is that one of those things, Thomas, where it's like, if it's a fish you really want to breed, it won't breed. But if it's a fish you don't care that much about breeding, it'll breed a ton. Like we all run into that, right? <laughs> um, Kyle's Wild World. Oh man, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, CL Roman, my discus laid a batch of eggs overnight last night. So excited. Awesome. Keep us posted. Um, you know, let us know how they do. That'd be great. Um, I hope they I hope they care for them to term. That would be fantastic. If they don't, don't be too discouraged. If it's their first time, their second time, it can take a few times before they really get the hang of it. Um, hopefully they do. Hopefully it goes well for you this time. That'd be awesome. Uh, Kyle, Thomas, you might look into goodyids. They can be a challenge since they breed slower. Yeah, there are definitely some live bearers that... Um, that are a challenge. That is absolutely true. And goodyids are one of those. Um, so not all live bears are easy. I mean, there's some to keep the experts stumped for sure. Um, yeah, but goodyids, if you're looking for a challenge, uh, contact Greg Sage at uh, Select Aquatics. And if he doesn't have what you want, um, I bet he knows someone that does. Yeah. Or join the American Live Bear Association. They're they can hook you up. All right. Um, Thomas Perkins, Sultran Plecos, Lemon Tetras, Festivums, some Dwarf Pike Cichlids, and the Geos in a 125. That sounds like an awesome tank. Are the Lemon Tetras like nice and big? I love them when they get big. They're, they're a beautiful fish. Susie Q, I wasn't sure if Aquavid was legit. Oh yeah, um, Aquavid is legit. Now, how Aquavid works is Aquabid's legit, but not every seller on Aquabid is legit. So you have to be careful. Um, so look at their feedback, look at their ratings, make sure if it's your first time on Aquabid and you're just feeling it out, uh, buy from someone who's sold, you know, at least 50, <laughs> it has at least 50 reviews or so, you know, has some track record and has a high, high review rate. Um, and you'll probably do okay. Um, yeah, Aquabid's been a staple in the hobby for long enough now that um, that I think we're okay using it. There won't, I, I don't think you'll have a problem at all. I've used it for years without a problem. What I don't like is its interface is uh, very last century <laughs> and uh, it's a little clunky to use, but um, yeah, you can find good sellers there, but there's bad sellers there too. Um, so you just kind of have to be careful. Look at the feedback. Yep. Just for fun family. Nick, hey, welcome. This every night live stream takes commitment, brother. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, I have to confess, last night I was like, man, I don't know if I can do it. And it was nothing about you guys. It's just I had a heck of a day at work and uh, I was just I was just not in the mood to be social. I wanted to go crawl in a corner and just sulk. And I'm not going to go into details, but it was a long day. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> every now and then it's like, man, I don't feel like doing this, but I made a commitment. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And it's going well tonight. This is fun. We have a lot of chat going, so I'm having a great time. Um, <laughs> I 
Nick, just for fun family. One million subscribers in no time, my friend. Man, that'd be great. That'd be great. All right, let's scroll down here. Yes, the price on stir-by is the reason when I've asked my local fish store. Yeah, I mean, and I get that because your average person going to buy a fish is like, I want a cleaner fish, you know, something to clean food off the bottom. And um, now I know I'm perfectly aware that Corey's deserve better than that. You know, you need to be careful that they get plenty of food. They can eat so much food. They need a lot of food and um, they need some special care and are deserving of that. They're awesome fish. But your average person off the street walks into a pet store and just says, yeah, I need a cleaner fish to clean the bottom of the tank. And, um, you know, they don't want to maybe pay a lot for that. And so the less expensive quarries uh, are, are much more common for that reason. But stir-by are generally available to the pet stores. Um, so yeah, you might be able to order them through your local fish store, which would save you from having to deal with shipping and stuff, especially right now when it's so cold. So yeah. Um, Doug's Fish Adventure. I've heard people talking about soft water and hard water. Can you explain that a little more in detail? I can. Before I do, I'm going to need a drink because it'll take me a bit. <laughs> All right. So here's the difference between hard water and soft water when it comes to your aquarium, or at least some of it. I mean, this is this is an issue that you could geek out about for days and uh, get really in-depth in. But basically, what hard water means for us when we're in the fish uh, aquarium hobby, generally, is that the water has buffering capacity. So calcium carbonate is the general um, buffer that we're talking about. And if you've ever seen like that bathtub ring or toilet ring at your house, that's what that is. That's calcium carbonate building up um, in your bathtub or your toilet. So it's this kind, kind of hard, white, scaly substance that'll build up. Now what that stuff does is it buffers acid. So anything acidic that goes in your aquarium or anytime organic matter breaks down and there's an acidic uh, byproduct or anytime fish breathe and breathe out carbon dioxide and that becomes carbonic acid in your aquarium, anything like that, calcium carbonate will buffer. What that means is it'll bond to the acid and, and neutralize the acid. So the acid will eat away a little bit of the, the uh, calcium carbonate and in doing so, the acid will be neutralized. So if you have really hard water, then you don't tend to get a pH crash, meaning acid doesn't tend to build up in your aquarium because there's so much carbonic um, cal calcium carbonate in there that anytime acid is formed, it's neutralized immediately when it, when it reacts with the calcium carbonate. That's what hard water in very broad terms is. Soft water means a lot of things, but for this instance, let's say soft water means that there's no buffer for the pH. So it doesn't have calcium carbonate in it, or it doesn't have a lot of calcium carbonate in it. And so when acid is formed in the aquarium, 
there's nothing for it to bond to or react with to neutralize it. So the acidity of the aquarium increases, or we call that a pH crash. So as the acidity increases, the pH lowers, right? And so that's what can happen in an aquarium with soft water. It can happen in hard water too, but it's, it's a lot harder to make happen. There's, it would take a lot more acid for that to happen. So in soft water, um, if you don't take good care of the aquarium, then you can have a pH crash because there is no buffer. And again, that can happen in hard water too. Um, now, a lot of times people will read about a species, say discus, and it will say this species, you're on the internet, you're, you're researching because you want to get some discus. And you'll read the discus needs soft acidic water. And so you're like, well, but my water's hard. I have a high pH and a lot of carbonate hardness. So I need to lower that so I can get some discus. So you go to the store and you get some pH down or some other acid and you put it in the tank to lower the pH because you're reading that's what discus want, right? So of course you're going to do that because you want to take good care of them. Well, what happens is the, the acid goes in the aquarium and the pH drops. You're like, great, I got my acidic water for my discus. But what's going to happen is you'll go to bed and overnight the um, calcium that's carbonate that's in your aquarium will react with the acid. And when you wake up in the morning, the pH will bounce back up again because all the acid has been neutralized. So that's what hard water does. And that's why, just to riff a little bit on this, that's why I think it's best to just accept the water you have from your tap and keep it clean. Unless you have an RODI unit, um, which is a way to permanently strip the hardness from the water. Um, and you can, you can then do a lot with that water because it's kind of pure water you're starting with. So you can put uh, hardness in it to higher the pH in the alkalinity and the buffering capacity, say if you're keeping African cichlids, or you can put um, acidic components in it to lower the pH, say if you're trying to breed um, licorice gouramis or something like that. So there are ways to do it, but in general for the average hobbyist, I think that it's best to just accept the water you have from your tap. Don't try to monkey with it. Don't try to make the pH lower or higher or anything like that. Um, you can buffer pH by using crushed coral because that doesn't shock the system. Um, but just accept what you have and then keep it clean. If it's soft water and you keep it clean, you won't have the acid buildup or the pH crash because you'll you'll be diluting that so much with your water changes that it won't get to the level where the pH crashes, ideally. And if you have hard, uh, hard water and you keep it clean, then a lot of the soft water species are gonna do okay because the water is clean. And what hurts soft water species when they go into hard water is the bacteria. Because if you're from a soft water environment, you're almost always from a very acidic environment and the acid in your environment inhibits bacterial growth. So if you take a soft water fish and you put it in hard water and the hard water isn't clean, well, that's a problem because hard water, bacteria loves hard water and it grows like crazy in it. And so this poor little fish, which has, has been from an, is from an acidic environment, 
isn't used to the bacteria, so it doesn't have the immune system to fight it off, and you put it in there, and that's when it has a hard time. But if you keep your water super clean, even if it's hard, what I've found is soft, acidic environment fish generally do just fine. And that's generally. Every now and then you'll run into a problem. And where I run into it most is if I take a hard water fish and keep it in soft water. That can be, now often that works just fine, but every now and then you run into a fish where, where that, it, they just don't adapt very well to that. So anyway, um, Craig, uh, or wait, was it Craig? No, Doug's Fish Adventure. I hope that was enough of an explanation. If you need more clarification, uh, drop another comment about something specific you want to know about hard water or soft water, and we'll talk about it. All right. Kyle's Wild World. Aquabit is very legit, but there are a few sellers like Bluegrass I won't buy from since they sell mutt rainbow fish, but most sells small sellers in wet spot are legit. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not going to get on that because I don't want to call anyone specific out, but yeah, be careful. Read the, read the feedback. And okay. So I won't mention names, but there are, there is a seller on there that I know for certain. Here's what they do. They, um, they get seagrest's list. So seagrest is this fish farm, although they, they import a lot of fish too, but this wholesaler out of Florida, uh, the largest wholesaler in the United States, or at least the largest supplier of retail stores in the United States of live fish. Okay. So I know, I know a company on Aquabid and other places, they have a website, I think they're on eBay as well, that um, when they get the list every week from Seagrist, they put the list up on Aquabid and they put the list up on their website and things. And then when you buy the fish, they'll go to Seagrest, buy the fish, bag it and ship it to you. So it's kind of like drop, drop shipping fish. Um, and that's not a good way to do it because they don't have any actual control over the inventory. Let's say that the wholesaler put it on their list, but then it didn't come in, well, now you bought the fish from this person, they go to get it and ship it to you, but it, it's not there. So that's a problem. Um, and then the other thing is, man, fish just deserve better than that. Um, they need some care. They deserve when they come in off the farm or out of, from out of the country or whatever, to have some time to recoup and be taken care of before they're given to the customer. Um, that way the fish do well. And if the fish do well, then the customer has a good experience. And if the customer has a good experience, then they're going to be in the hobby for a lot longer than if they get a bunch of fish, put them in their tank and they die, right? That's not a good experience. So if we take better care of the fish, then we can get a lot more people in the hobby for longer. How many people do you know they got an aquarium, put fish in it, didn't do it right, through no fault of their own, maybe. Maybe they didn't know. No one was there to mentor them. Um, well, maybe through fault of their own. I mean, you should always research, right? If you're buying an animal, it's on you to research. But anyway, how many people do you know that have bought an aquarium, got fish, they all died, and then that tank goes in the garage or is sold on Craigslist or is thrown in the trash, and that person's not going to keep fish again? So it's very short-sighted to just flip fish to drop ship fish. 
because yeah, in the short term you might get a sale, but in the long term you just push someone out of the hobby. And so they're not going to be your customer ever again. It's much better to give the fish the care they deserve in the hobbyists, the attention and care they deserve and the customer service they need. And, um, have them be successful because then they're in it for years, if not for life. And you'll make sale after sale after sale over, over the lifetime of your business. So anyway, rant over. <laughs> CL Roman tricarib sea substrates. Yeah, for buffering, that's an option. Lumpy dog, why change so much water? <laughs> are your tanks that heavily stocked? Um, some of the tanks are pretty heavily stocked, but none of them are really overstocked. Like. If you came in my fish room and saw the number of fish in the tanks, you would probably think I was changing water once or twice a week. Um, I'm, not, I'm not keeping crazy loads of fish, but here's the reason. Here's what I've found over the years. So I'm importing fish and transshipping fish, right? And bringing fish in from wholesalers. Um, I do breed, but, that's, but the majority of my fish, I don't breed. I don't have a large enough operation to keep that supply up. So I breed for fun, but I bring a lot of fish in. And here's what I've found. When the fish arrive, they're stressed out, right? And they've probably been from the wild or from a, a, a pond where they were bred or something, caught, bagged, put into a holding tank, shipped to the United States, put into a holding tank, then packed again, shipped, and then they arrived to me. So imagine that many steps in the process. So the fish are stressed out. And so what I found is if I change the water that frequently and do it regularly, not like occasionally, but all the time, once a day, um, actually it's like four or five times a day, but enough that within 24 hours, it's a 50% water change. I found that the stressed out fish just do so much better. The water is so clean that it keeps it keeps diseases down. Um, it keeps there's no nitrite, there's no ammonia, there's not even any traceable nitrate in the tank. So all those chemical compounds which can stress out the fish that are toxic to fish, even nitrate, which you know, I know it takes higher levels for that to be toxic, but even that, that's not detectable. And so it just really helps the fish when they come in stress like that to have a place that's clean and they can just recover. So that's why I do it. Um, I found over the years that if I do that, I have much fewer losses. So let's, let's take, let's take a, a parasite. Let's say a fish comes in, it's stressed, it's immune system because of the stress is not up to par. Okay. It's not what it usually is. And the fish has some kind of parasite and let's say it's ick just for intents and purposes, okay? So if that fish was in the wild, in a lake or in a river, um, it's such a large body of water a lake that when the ick, um, when the adult ick creates eggs, okay, that drop to the bottom of the tank and then those eggs hatch into free swimming larvae to find a fish to attach to, a host, right? Well, in a lake or a river, there's so few fish per volume of water that it's unlikely that those ick larvae will find a host. The vast majority of those are gonna die. And occasionally one or two will find a host 
and keep the life cycle going. But you don't get usually these mass infestations. In an aquarium, there's a lot more fish per volume of water. And so um, what can happen in the aquarium, because there's a lot more fish per volume of water, is the adult ick releases its eggs. In a little while, those eggs hatch into larvae. And those free-swimming larvae have a day, let's say, to find a host. Well, they're in this little volume of water with a ton of fish, so a lot of them find a host. And pretty soon, we have this ick outbreak all over all, all of our fish, right? Well, if I change 50% of the water every day, then I'm constantly diluting the number of pathogens in the tank. So let's say in my tank, um, a fish comes in with ick because fish have ick. I mean, they don't have infestations of ick, but fish come in with all kinds of parasites and pathogens, just like you all over your skin. You and me, we've got stuff and it's fine because our immune system's in control. But the moment we experience severe stress, that balance can be shifted. So fish comes in, let's say it has ick. I mean, it could be lots of things, but let's say it's that because we know that one, most of us. Um, let's say it has one, one adult ick on it. That adult ick parasite drops, let's say it's 100 uh, eggs to the bottom. And within a few days, those hatch into larvae. Well, if I'm changing the water, then the odds are that a lot of those are going to get flushed out of the system, which just kind of gives the fish's immune system a break. So I feel like changing volumes of water helps um, not just with ammonia, nitrite, and nitrate, but also with pathogens. So that's why I do it. And, you know, I don't test, I don't have a way to like test for ick larvae and how many are there and all that and, and really scientifically test that. Um, I just know over the years, as I've done that, I, I get hardly any losses when I bring fish in if I do that. So that's why. Um, Kyle's Wild World. Man, Corey's why I started my channel. Lucas is why I have 60 tanks, though. <laughs> LR Brett's, yeah. He got the needle in the vein, man. He got to have more, more, more. <laughs> that high is worn off. Better buy 10 more tanks, right? <laughs> yep. Um, Thomas Perkins, Corey's a rock star. I love his video. Yeah, he's doing great stuff. Um, Lumpy Dog, Kai's Wild World, bad influences, all of you. Well, yep, yep. We're like the support group that enforces the sickness, right? <laughs> Preston Shea, nice story about Corey and Aquarium Co-op. That's what got me looking on YouTube so much and found your channel. Well, there you go. Corey's helping me again with, with uh, bringing Preston my way, and he didn't even know it. That's great. Yeah. And um, it wasn't just Corey, by the way. There were there were a lot of folks, uh, Aqua Pros, um, LR Bretts, you know, um, Flip Aquatics. So it wasn't just King of DIY, but I've been following him for years. So um, it wasn't just Corey, but Corey had this huge volume of video. So his was awesome because I went back, as he would say, in the Wayback Machine and started the first video and just watched all through. And since he had so much, it just it kept me busy for a while, which was great. Um, Nick, any way you can make a video on how to reuse old tank water? Like once you do a water change, can you filter through something to make it safe again, save money and help the hobby? Yeah, of course you can. I mean, you can treat sewage that way, right? Um, so you could. I think the most common way that people do that is simply uh, through aquaponics or through watering their flower garden or their lawn, 
uh, with the wastewater. But I do know uh, large operations have these high-tech systems where they'll scrub the water, a big central um, filter. I don't know the ins and outs of it, um, but it's like the centrifugal, big, huge central filter. Because if you're a wholesaler in Los Angeles, water ain't cheap, right? And so you're gonna reuse the water as much as you can. So there are ways to do it. I'm not super familiar with the mechanics of how it works, um, but I know that they're out there. Now they're not 100% effective and you do have to change water anyway, but you just change less. Um, central systems scare me a bit though because of the uh, likelihood of spreading disease. But yeah, there's ways to do it. Uh, Nick, I'm not that knowledgeable on it though. Thomas Perkins, Rachel O'Leary and you are the best. You answer my questions as quickly as I ask them. Well, Thomas, I'm glad, I'm glad we can do that. Although honestly, uh, Corey used to do that when I first joined, uh, when I first followed him, I think he only had like 30,000 subscribers or something. Um, I just think he's got so many comments now that it's just impossible for him to do that. Um, but Rachel O'Leary, O'Leary, that's another one that I've got to give a shout out to. She's doing, she's doing awesome stuff, yeah. Um, but Thomas, yeah, I, I'm glad I can do that for you. Um, Kyle's Wild World. It was in an AK journal, volume 49. Oh, okay, the Epiplates. I'll have to look that up. Um, so Kyle, I guess you're probably a member of the AKA then, if you have the journal. Awesome. CL Roman, great story. Fish Fam is the best. I've been watching and watching all the videos too. Yeah, it's awesome. I don't even watch TV anymore, hardly. Um, the last show I saw was because my wife wanted me to watch it with her was Madam Secretary. I liked it. I thought it was well cast. But before that, I probably hadn't watched a series in like three months. <laughs> like that ain't normal, right? <laughs> All right. Jesse Weimer, are you saying I didn't win? Jesse you didn't win, not this time, but I'll draw another winner tomorrow. Kyle, yeah, I'm actually a member of both the AKA and that Facebook group. That's That would be a good idea to ask the Facebook group. Yeah, you just get an instantaneous answer that way. Candy Overholes, thanks for sharing, Kyle. First time viewer, yeah. Kyle's Wild World, hey, Candy, welcome to the stream. Yes, welcome, Candy. Um, Callacy the Nano Chick. I'm here to just listen. Kyle recruited me. Thanks, Kyle. I appreciate that. So, Kala, the nano chick. So, I'm, I'm guessing you keep nano tanks, right? Or are you just small in stature and owning it? I'm guessing small tanks. But um, what's your favorite nano fish? I'm just curious. I, I like a lot of them, but I'm curious what's your favorite right now. All right. Oh, hang on. Chat just like whizzed on me. I've got to hang on. It did something funny. <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, here we are. I, I found it. Every now and then it jumps on me like my mouse touches it funny. It goes. Boom. All right. Thomas Perkins. Don't do it. You can't get rid of convicts. Yeah, but you asked for the an easy uh, fish to breed. It's convicts. I didn't think of, uh, there's a couple others, a hunter and red points, which are kind of like convicts, but Krebensis are great too. It may be a little easier to, to sell off. Yeah. Um, 
Kyle's Wild World, do you feed Blue Galaris baby brine shrimp on the first day? Yeah, absolutely. They are plenty big to take baby brine shrimp. Not a problem at all. But um, here's my strategy for a lot of those fish is if I'm worried about them eating, I'll put in some microworms because those will sink. I'll put in some vinegar eels because those will go to the top and they're a little smaller than baby brine shrimp. So maybe a little easier if the fry is, if one of the fry is small or just not quite as vigorous at that time. And I'll also put in baby brine shrimp. So baby brine shrimp uh, will go wherever you put the lights. So you can kind of control them. So microworms, vinegar eels, and baby brine shrimp. And I kind of just do a, a, a slurry of those and that'll get most, uh, most, baby brine shrimp sized fish through the first few days. Now, I don't always do that. I often just give baby brine shrimp and they're just fine. But if you're worried, if you do two or three varieties of live food at the same time, then you kind of cover your bases. And there are some, some baby fish that'll want to be right up at the top all the time and some that'll be on the bottom all the time. And that way you can kind of cover the top and the bottom in the small uh, fry containers. Yeah. Lumpy dog, around my parts, convict fry <laughs> are used as feeders. Yeah. If you read Mike Helwig's book, um, Culturing Live Foods, I think is what it's called. It's a great book, but he's like, he talks about that. He's like, yeah, get yourself a pair of convicts and you'll have live food, you know, twice a month that you can feed to your other fish. The problem is those are smart little fish. And so every now and then, one won't get eaten. It'll figure out how to hide and survive. And, and then you've got a, a convict growing up with your guppies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Clater just left another live stream. He was 30 minutes behind on questions. Ramble, 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 ramble. <laughs> Never giving a direct answer. Ooh, that's no good. You are the opposite. To the point, accurate, and keep it moving. Great streams. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. Um, and Bob, hopefully I can keep that up as we, as we grow. I know there's some tools to kind of slow down chat and things. Um, I'm a little behind right now. I don't think I'm half hour behind, but, um, but yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying it. And, you know, sometimes the larger channels, they just have so many chats coming in that it's, it's hard for them to manage them, I think, uh, unless they have specific software maybe to help. Kaya's Wild World, Krakadon Audax is on my bucket breed list. Yep. Any Krakadons on my list, um, <laughs> they're all awesome. Um, Lateralis is one I like a lot too. Yep. Um, Hangar 77, our glow light tetras decided it was time to breed yesterday. Yeah, it was so much fun to watch. Unfortunately, you think all the eggs are gobbled up within, within seconds. Yeah, that's that typically happens if you don't have them set up specifically, but you probably got to see some awesome behavior. I mean, isn't it cool when they just fire up in their color and they start displaying and chasing each other around and stuff like breeding fish is awesome. You don't even have to raise the, the hatch, the eggs or raise the babies, just watching the behavior. That's when fish are at their, their best because in nature, that's when their colors are the brightest, their displays are the funkiest. Um, and their behavior is at the height because that's what they've been living for to reproduce. And when they get the chance and all that comes out, it's awesome. I bet you'll never, I bet you'll, if this is your first time breeding glow light tetras, you'll never look at them the same, right? From now on, you'll always think those fish are awesome. 
even though they're like 99 cents at the local fish store. No, they're awesome because you saw them do something that was incredible. Yeah. All right. Thomas Perkins, I don't have that biotype built right now. They're a red tail boa. Oh, there's a red tail boa in my 125. Yeah. Okay. Have you guys heard of the elephant trunk snake? So Google this snake. I saw it once at a zoo. I believe it was the Santa Barbara Zoo. And they had them in this big aquarium with uh, like guppies or mosquito fish or something. And ever since I've seen that tank, I'm like, yeah, I know a lot of people do turtles and axolotls and stuff, but I think an elephant trunk snake one day, I shouldn't say that. So now you're all going to be, did you get that snake? No, I have no plans to get one. Not, not anywhere in the foreseeable future, but one day I think an elephant trunk snake in an aquarium would be awesome. Yeah. Native fish keepers. Hello, everyone. Hello, native fish keepers. Um, so that's great. I native. I, I want to hear. If, are there any native fish you, you're breeding? Um, I love orange throat darters. I love uh, fiery black. Is it fiery black shiners? I think. Yeah. And um, in the Cahaba strain of the rainbow shiner, the one that gets that iridescent blue on it, even when it's not in spawning condition. Man, those are those are awesome. Along with any native killifish. Yeah. So if, if you're breeding any at the moment, I'd love to hear about it. Kyle's Wild World. That's not, that's nice. Thomas Perkins, my friend, had a red-tailed hognose in Hog Island that were beautiful. Yeah, snakes are awesome. Um, I've got five corn snakes right now upstairs, um, a variety of colors. And yeah, I've, I've loved them for years. Um, yep. All right, Thomas Perkins, my mom is a herpetologist, so reptiles are like cats in my house. Yeah, lucky you. <laughs> crazy snake lady instead of the crazy cat lady. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> Scout Town, what about wild swordtails, Dan? Plan on stalking any? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right now I don't have any wild swordtails, but I have a couple Limia species. I have Nigra fasciatus and, um, oh, geez, what's the other one? The Haitian Liber is the common name. <laughs> another limia which just poof, I, um yeah i can't remember it right now but it, it's one of my favorites it's awesome um it's on the website oh gosh i've got to look um on my website what is that live i'm embarrassed limia uh, i can't remember oh perugier yeah limia perugier that's a cool one um but I don't have any swords right now, but I like Montezuma. Um, I like Alvarez. I, I like my eye. Um, I like Hellerai too, if they're closer to the wild types. Um, but yeah, I like wild swords a lot for sure. And I do plan on getting any. The issue is the challenge with that is finding the right place to get them. Um, it's hard to find. I, I like to buy in quantity when I can. And it's, it's hard to find a supplier that can supply in quantity um, because they're just not that common at all. So, so not many people are producing them in large numbers. And since they're not common, anytime a pair is available, it's like gone because there's a waiting list. Right. But I would like to get some in. And if I ever get the opportunity, I will. Um, and that's a fish I like enough that I may just one day soon get a breeding group of them and, and breed up my own colony from. Yeah. 
but I like them. No direct plans to stock any anytime real soon. Uh, it's just kind of waiting for the opportunity to arise. Native fish keepers at Kyle. Summer was horrible. Not going to hijack stream. We're just going to leave it at that. Oh, sorry to hear that, Native. Seal Roman. I have false Julia Corys. They give me babies a lot. I have 20 now in a breeder box. Keeping them in my herd. Keeping them, my herd is getting older now. Great. That's cool. Yeah, I've got a group of uh, Corridor's Trilineatus too set up to breed right now. So far, no, no luck. They haven't done it, but at the rate they're eating, they're going to have to go here pretty soon. I mean, they are fat. <laughs> they are so fat. Um, Thomas Perkins, I'm the fish nut. She's the snake nut. Together we make the local pet store super happy. Yeah, <laughs> keep them in business. <laughs> Melody Monroe, sitting here watching lunchtime. Well, where are you at, Melody? Uh, if it's lunchtime, or are you on the night shift? Um, are you in the night shift, or are you just uh, are you another part of the world? I should watch the next live stream on my channel. I need to start doing more videos. It's fun. I'm enjoying them a lot. Um, all right, Dan makes me feel lazy. <laughs> Hey, thank you, I think. Um, but, you know, it's about whatever you enjoy. There's not everyone makes likes making videos. And if you don't like it, um, it's not something you wake up excited to do, then don't do it. If it's something you're like, yeah, I want to do that, then do it. But there's lots of ways to enjoy this hobby. Um, there's so many aspects to it that whatever you want to do is fine, man. Don't don't feel like you have to make videos if if it's not something you're passionate about. But if you are, yeah, what are you doing? Get up, make a video, come on. <laughs> uh, Maximus McHenry, love this channel. If you're watching, subscribe. Thank you, Maximus. If you are watching and you wanna subscribe, I would appreciate it. That would be wonderful. Craig Francis, I never bought off Aquabid, but I read the same problem, read the reviews. Yeah, it's like, it's like Craigslist. Anyone can post fish on Aquabid, like anyone can do that. And so, you know, most people that have been there a little while and uh, have good reviews are, are, are legit. Um, and most people on there are that way, for sure. Because folks that aren't that way don't tend to last very long. It's just they don't get business. Uh, in the discussion section, people warn others not to use them, things like that. And so they don't last very long. So Usually it's safe, but it is like Craigslist. Anyone can post anytime. So just like Craigslist or any other kind of crowdsourced, um, I don't know, database, if you will, of, of things for sale, um, vetting is, becomes pretty important. Yeah. But I've used it for years and years and uh, had pretty darn good luck. Yeah. Chris Fishroom. Hi, everyone. Well, hello, Chris. Welcome. Thomas Perkins, that's how I get most of my tanks. <laughs> Tilapia store, Petco, dollar a gallon sale is on now. All right, feed the disease. Go get more tanks, right? You, you know you have like a square foot somewhere in your closet in your bedroom that you don't need to put your shoes there. You could put an aquarium there, right? Right? The wife will be fine with it. <laughs> She'll understand. <laughs> uh, Nick. Thanks, brother. Much appreciated. Yeah. Kyle, electric blue acara are easy to breed as well. Yeah, I haven't tried them yet. They're, 
they're on my list, but I've heard Acara are easy. And the Electric Blue don't seem to have the issues that the Electric Blue Jack Dempsey's do. Because um, you can breed an Electric Blue Acara to an Electric Blue Acara without any problem, right? That's what I understand. And um, the, electric, the Electric Blue Jack Dempsey's, um, I've got a friend in Los Angeles that was cranking out thousands of them. And I know you had to pair a blue with a non-blue that was het for blue. And still, a lot of the times, the babies would come out just looking kind of crooked. Um, so I think the Acara are, yeah, I think they're, they're pretty solid when it comes to that. That's what I hear. Again, I haven't personally tried them, and I don't have any friends locally that are breeding them. So I, I don't have really any direct experience. But that's word on the street. So that's a fish I'm pretty excited about trying sometime. And Kyle, they don't need it real hot, right? From what I understand, like mid-70s, upper 70s, they would be fine in breed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, please, down below. Tilapia store, don't tempt me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick, do not do it. I have a problem now. I cannot get rid of them every time I think I take them out of my tank. I find more a week later. We must be talking about convict cichlids. <laughs> Any advice on how to remove them from my 125? They're about two months. Um, are you talking about convict cichlids? If you are then a fish trap might be your best bet. If you don't want to like just completely take out all the decorations and things, um, you can get a little fish trap. Hell, you can build one out of a water bottle if you want, but you can buy a little fish trap. And if you put a little fish in there, you'll get a lot of fish going in it and you can pull them right out and you can sort the ones that are in convicts back into the tank and then sort the convicts into the uh, wherever they're going. So yeah, so... I assume, Nick, that we were talking about convicts, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's my experience with convicts. It's like, I cannot get rid of this fish. But again, you ask for an easy fish to breed, <laughs> that's the one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're picking at my quarry cats. Okay, now I know we're talking about convict cichlids, yeah. <laughs> Will they be fine if they grow up together? No. Sorry, talking about convicts. Okay, great, yeah. No, Nick, uh, convicts are convicts and uh, I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, right? But in general, no, I don't think you can keep other fish, uh, quarries with them. You can keep other fish with them. I've seen a uh, convict in with like a Jack Dempsey and with like a clown knife and some other stuff. I'm not recommending that combination, mind you, but I've seen it done is what I'm saying. And also there was one convict in that tank. It was a big male. So there wasn't a pair defending a territory. A pair defending a territory that gets rough. Yeah. All right. Thomas Perkins, a few months ago, I got some silver tip Tetris to breed. And how's that working out? Are you just conditioning them right now? Um, that's a fish that I haven't bred yet. Well, I bred, but I haven't raised yet. I mean, they've spawned in the tank, right? But I haven't set them up and collected the eggs and raised the babies yet, but they're awesome. And that's when I'd like to get going. So let me know your experience. And especially what I'm interested in is how you incubate the eggs, if you found a way to do it that uh, prevents fungus from growing on them, and then how to get the fry for, through their first week of life. Um, I might be setting up a rotifer culture. I found uh, this rotifer company that has this system that seems pretty sustainable um, that I might try for things like silver tip tetras and those really small fish. But any tricks you might have for incubating the eggs to term and then just getting those fry through their first week would be would be awesome to know.
because that's a fish where um, they're probably simple to breed, but getting the eggs to hatch might be a little tricky. And then the fry are going to be so small that uh, that can be tricky too. Yeah. All right. Diego KF. Hello, everyone. Well, hello, Diego. Welcome. Um, and hang on. I lost the thread again. There we go. Kyle. Dan, during the winter months, do you use anything other than 72-hour heat packs and foam insulation? Also, how much more does two to three day UPS cost via UPS? I'm tired of my two to three day packages taking five days. Yeah. So in the winter, um, I don't use priority. I do in the summer, in the spring when it gets warmer. Um, I use, right now I'm using UPS uh, express mail. So overnight, next day delivery. Um, and that's generally fine. Although I will say like right now, this week, um, I'm experiencing a little bit of delay. They said it was due to weather, um, but this is the first time in a long time that I've had a delay with them. And I find them to be, depending on where you're shipping, they can be 10 to $20 cheaper uh, per box. So it costs me, I'm gonna say on average, uh, $43 or so in postage to ship a box. UPS overnight, roughly, depending on where it's going. Um, and with UPS, that could be 60. So it depends on volume with UPS. It depends on things like that. But um, UPS is expensive, man. Until you hit just an outrageous volume, um, it's, it's almost cost prohibitive to ship UPS in my experience. Yeah. And I haven't necessarily found them to be any more reliable than, say, UPS or anything. Um, and USPS, the Postal Service, has been pretty good until this week. They just they, they had an issue. So, yeah. But, yeah, definitely um, priority, two to three day, taking five days. In the spring and, and summer, um, when I ship uh, priority, that can happen. Usually what ends up happening is instead of two to three days, it's three to four. And I just, I pack the fish for that. So, um, yeah, I just kind of expect it with priority. I don't like to, but in, in often that's not the case, but it, it happens often enough that I just prepare for it. Um, so I use a 40 hour heat pack to answer the rest of your question, Kyle, a 40 hour heat pack and a 72 hour heat pack together so that the 40 hour heat pack uh, peaks sooner. And so that way I can keep, it'll peak. And then as it's tapering off the 72 hour heat pack will heat, will peak in temperature. And so I get a longer duration of warmth in the box at peak temperature that way. And so far that's worked really well for me. Again, this is a week that I wish I had like 96 hour heat packs or something like that. Cause I've got some delays. Um, but I haven't, I hadn't even heard of those though until yesterday when I think tilapia store brought them to my attention. So yeah. Um, all right. Everyone saying hi to Diego. Welcome again, Diego. Um, Diego, I moved the 10 gallon to the metal stand and it's doing wonderful. Thanks for the advice, Dan. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. I'm glad it's working out. So was that the one where you were asking about the, uh, the gap? Or was that the one where you're asking about uh, if just the corners need to be supported? Um, I think that was the conversation. Now I'm waiting for the 40 long to arrive to start set, setting it up. Oh, yeah, that's the one. I remember now. Okay, yeah. 
Mimi's aquatic addiction. Hi. Well, Mimi, hello and welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, Thomas Perkins, how do you get started on Aquabit? It's pretty simple. It's free. Um, um, geez, it's been years since I started my account there, so I don't remember exactly. But if you go to Aquabid, um, it's simple and free. You just fill out some information and then you're good to go. Uh, sorry, I don't have any more specifics because it's been so long and I don't remember. Um, but I know it's legit and I've been on it for years and I've never had like spam from them. I've never had like my information stolen or anything like that. I'm not saying that couldn't happen. Like it happened to Google for crying out loud, right? And to banks <laughs> where they get hacked. So I guess it could happen. But my experience, whatever they ask for, I gave them and I haven't had any problems. Um, Mimi's Aquatic Addiction, my pet code just called. I'm on their call list. <laughs> you must be a regular customer. And they just got 20 more longs in and I'm heading up tomorrow to get more. Well, keep buying them out. Awesome. Are they um, on the dollar per gallon sale there? I, we just heard that Petco's doing the dollar per gallon sale. So I'm imagining that that's what you're taking advantage of. So um, so Mimi, are you, uh, are you building the fish room? Is that what's going down? Uh, that would be fantastic. I would love to hear about your plans. Craig Francis just set up an account, Thomas. Okay, cool. So Craig, maybe you could uh, walk uh, Thomas through how to sign up. Thomas Perkins, ever heard of Crioba ziganensis? I'm obsessed with that fish. I have not. Let me look it up and see what it is. Because no, I haven't. And if it's a cichlid, it's pretty darn certain I haven't. Um, yeah, it's a cichlid. So, um, oh, that's beautiful. So that looks like a little, maybe Central American. It looks similar to an Akara in some ways. Um, that's a beautiful fish, man. No, no wonder you're obsessed with it. No, I, I know nothing about them, but they look awesome. Uh, Diego Kiev, in my case, Thomas is the, is the Maltese, but so hard to get them in Northern Ontario, Canada. Really? Yeah, man. Wish I could help you out there, Diego, but I don't know many suppliers in in Ontario, Canada. Um, yeah, literally no one is popping to mind. Um, shoot, I hope you find some. They're, they're awesome, little multis. Nick, oh, thank you so much. Trap is a great idea. And yes, the parent convicts are fine with my Oscars, Featherfin Catfish, Pleco, and Dempsey. Cool, even when they're spawning, as long as the other fish don't kind of get in the spawning area, they're cool. Is that is that true in your experience? Um, if I found a pair, I jump on them. Oh, okay, yeah, the fish we were just talking about, the uh, the uh, uh, crobias. Yeah, I would jump on them. I don't care how much they cost. There's a guy in England that had a pair. Yeah, they look awesome. I've done that too, man. I've, I've paid way too much for fish. Every now and then there, there's a fish that I've been wanting for years. I see it and I'm like, here you go. I'm getting that because I've been looking for a long time. Um, Doug, I just got started on my YouTube channel and my videos are not really that good. And how do you get your videos ready for YouTube? Um, well, I'm not really that good at it either yet, Doug. I'm, I, I still consider myself a beginner, but I, I found some, some things that help. One is TubeBuddy, and I like TubeBuddy a lot because that would make it easy to create thumbnails for my videos, and thumbnails are pretty important for getting views. But then I recently ran into uh, 
a software called GIMP. So that's like Photoshop, but free. It's open source software. So I've been using GIMP a lot lately and I'm still not very good at it. There's like, there's a ton about that program I don't know how to use, but every time I need to do something, I can, you know, YouTube it and find a video that explains it. And so, so far I've been able to use GIMP to start creating thumbnails and things like that. Um, then the camera, I used my phone for a long time. It's a, what a Nexus, just, well, it's not really showing you what it is, but just my phone um, for a long time worked pretty well. Uh, now I have a little Canon. Um, it's a, a little better and has a lot more memory and things like that. And in that little thing, it's the, uh, what the Vixia, I think is what it is. Is that Canon Vixia, I believe. And that wasn't too expensive. I think I was able to get one used for under 200 bucks on eBay or Amazon. And so I'm liking that camera quite a bit. Um, and then for sound, so there's this sucker. This is a, a snowball, um, got it off eBay. I don't remember how much, 40 bucks, 70 bucks. I don't remember, but it wasn't horribly expensive. So that's what I use for sound when I'm not using the onboard camera microphone. And, um, to edit sound, I use a program called Audacity, and that is spelled, let me bring it up, um, and I'll type it in for you. Um, oops, hang on. It's called Audacity Sound Recording and Editing Software. And the reason I like it is it's free. It's, it's open source shareware, right? So just like GIMP, um, it's open source. And so there's no charge for it. So I don't know much about sound editing, but it's a simple enough program that with a couple YouTube videos, I could record and do noise reduction and a couple simple things for that. So I'm, I'm not an expert by any means. Um, there are plenty of experts out there. Nick Nimis is a great guy, I think, to watch. Um, Daryl Eves has all kinds of information on it. Um, so between Nick and Daryl, um, Nick Nimis and Daryl Eves, I get a lot of tips. Um, Corey's got some information out there as well, but that I, that's kind of how I got started. How I got started was just my cell phone. That's it. And I didn't edit or anything. I just used my cell phone. So, um, it's a place to start. And I think the most important thing is just start, just start. And as you have questions, you YouTube them and and you'll get answers um, and you'll figure it out as you go. So that's where I'm at. I'm still a newbie. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know much about video production and all that stuff. I know a lot about entertainment, but it's live theater. <laughs> so it doesn't help me a lot with videos. Um, anyway, Doug, I hope that helps a little bit. Audacity, GIMP, um, those work pretty well for me. Um, oh, in video editing software, Shotcut, S-H-O-T-C-U-T, is free video editing software. It's pretty powerful and it's intuitive enough and simple enough that even I can use it after watching a few uh, YouTube videos. So if you get to the point that you want to edit, I know a lot of people use, um, oh, I forget, the, there's one that costs like 40 bucks um, that a lot of people buy. 
I use the free one, Shotcut, and uh, it's been working great. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Hang on. This message is held for review. Doug, held for review. Okay. Thomas, go check out my channel. So, Doug wants us to go check out his channel. So, I showed that. It's not held for review anymore. Um, Thomas, in regards to the silver tip tetras, the eggs didn't hatch, but I wrote down the water parameters. I'd be glad to share them. My psycho angelfish killed the adults. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm sorry about that. That's no good. Well, if you try again, in fact, let's do this on, this might be a good place to do this. I don't think anyone else is doing this. Um, breeding is something I, I love breeding fish. Um, and I think a lot of people on this chat do as well. So if, if there's a species you've bred, let's say that week or whatever, then in these live streams, let's bring that up in the chat and share some of the tips and tricks of how you got that species to spawn. Um, and, and the hard part with egg layers is getting the eggs to hatch and then raising those babies for that first week. So any, any species that anyone breeds, let's just make that a thing on this uh, channel that if you bred anything, you can you, you know, share that information here because I'd love to learn as well. And I think a lot of people here would too. So um, yeah, let's make that a thing. So going forward, I'll probably um, talk about that earlier in each live stream. Like if you've bred anything, you know, post it. We'd love to hear about your experience and learn from your experience. So yeah, let's let's do that here. Let's, let's do that in this chat. Um, you know, it's been an hour and a half, so we're going to kind of wrap it up here pretty soon. I'm going to get to the end of the, the thread here and, uh, and end it. But in general, I think that's something we could do that that might make this uh, might make this special. So yeah, um, and I'm sorry to hear that that didn't work out for you, Thomas. Okay, exactly the same one says Diego. So I guess you're using the same software I was just talking about. I'm guessing that's what you're saying, Thomas. Ites, I had to ick. I had to treat for. I have no idea if the eggs would have survived. Oh, you had to treat for parasites. I got it. Got it. Um, Kyle, they have 96 hour heat packs now. Yeah, I just heard about that yesterday. Uh, tilapia store tipped me off about that. So that's something I need to check into. Um, Mimi's aquatic addiction. Yes, building another fish room. Awesome. Awesome. That is so exciting. And yes, Petco $1 gallon sale is on again. So um, do you mind uh, telling us about that? Or do you have a YouTube channel where you're documenting the build of your fish room? Because that's something I geek out about. I love seeing what other people are doing. I get ideas all the time um, from other folks that I like to implement. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that, um, telling us your plans, or if you have a spot where you're already sharing that, where I could go look, I would, I would love to do that, Mimi. Um, so, so when the Petco dollar a gallon sale goes, does that go for the entire nation? I guess it must because two different folks now have said that it's on. So yeah, give me half a sec. Man, I'm going to have to bring more water. <laughs> I'm running out. Um, all right. Light the bell. Hello, everyone. Well, welcome back. Light the glad you could make it. So glad. Diego KF, I have gone to all the local fish stores to try to special order, but they don't seem very interested. Yeah. Um, and I know why. I used to work at a local fish store. Well, I've worked at like three and um, not here in Wyoming, uh, 
we don't have one here. We have Petco. That's the only store that we have. Um, and me, but, uh, in California, I, I worked at several and, um, I know why they don't do that. It's cause they, they often get burned. Like someone will say, yes, order that fish. Um, I want that fish. And if they do order it, then the person changes their mind. And now they're stuck with a fish that they never would have ordered and don't want in their store. Um, cause they probably don't order it for a reason. Like the cost doesn't make sense or it's a little sensitive or most people don't want to buy it, things like that. Um, and so after getting burned a couple times, a lot of pet stores just say, I'm not ordering any more special order fish or this, I've seen this happen too, where a customer ordered and we're like, great, we'll do that for you. You have to pay in advance. We don't know what these fish are going to look like when they come in. And we're not, we're taking a big risk here and we're not getting a lot out of this transaction. So you pay in advance and when the fish come in, you have to take them, even if they're not the right size, all that stuff. And so the store goes out on a limb, does the special order, and then the customer comes and says, oh, I wanted smaller ones, or oh, those are not big enough, or the sex ratio isn't right, I wanted more males, or something like that. And now the fish store has this bag of fish that they didn't want, that they're stuck with. So, um, so I understand why they don't. If you get burned a couple times and you run a fish store, you're eventually just going to say, I'm not doing that anymore. But I know there are stores that do, and, and I hope you can find one. Um, but it looks like you've been to all of them, but that's why. And remember this guy. So I'm not going to rant long on this, but we get out of the world what we put into it. Right. And so if, if customers treat fish stores well, then they're going to be much more likely to, um, to do things for us. And that might be something, Diego, that you could do. Um, I don't know how well you, you know them, but if you pick the store closest to you or the store that, um, that you like the best, maybe, and just build a relationship with them long enough, uh, it never hurts to bring coffee. <laughs> it never hurts to bring donuts, you know, um, it never hurts to, to just be really nice and, and say, oh, no, go ahead and help that person. I, I know you're busy. I see that. I'm just going to look for it. You know, it never helps to just build that relationship. And maybe, maybe you could build it to the point where they would be like, we don't do that. But for Diego, yeah, we'll do that for you, Diego. So, so maybe, but maybe not. They might be like, oh, Diego, such a good customer. We don't want him to have a bad experience. So we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that special order thing because that ends up being a bad experience a lot of times and we don't want to lose him. So I don't know if it'll work for sure, but it could. Man, bringing people coffee is cheap and it makes people, yeah, it makes people your friends. Um, so, <clears throat> I like the bell. Diego, what specific multis do you need? Yeah, chime on in. Neolamprologus multifasciatus. Yeah, little shell dwellers. Um, Thomas, unfortunately, the Crioba is from the Rio Zingu. Oh, no. Well, um, back on organizations, the American Cichlid Association, um, if you joined up there, there might be someone that, that breeds that fish and you might be able to find it that way. So that's where the cichlid geeks hang out, you know. So I don't know if it would work or not, but it might be worth a shot. But yeah, stuff from the Rio Zingu is pretty, pretty hard these days. 
like the bell. Manitoba is nowhere near Joey. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Like the bell. Diego, there is a guy in... How do you say that? I was about to say Mississippi. Mississauga? Mississauga? I don't know. And I think he ships five bucks each. Cool. That's something to check out. One fish, two fish is Nova Scotia very far. Yeah. Well, Canada's a big country, man. This is a lot of land to cover um, for sure. All right. Um, Nick, just for fun for family. Spawning is, no, spawning is no issue. They breed successfully every time, all the time. Convicts? Yeah. Then I take the eggs out within a day or so just to be on the safe side and avoid unnecessary fighting. It's been okay. Okay. So if you re remove the eggs, they calm down sooner. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So Doug is using his phone. Yeah. I mean, use what you got, right? Just get started. That's the important thing. Get started and stick with it. And after a while, you'll find out either oh, I really don't like this and you'll stop or you'll find out, no, I love this. I'm going to invest more into it, right? Yeah, get started. That'll tell you. Um, CL Roman, try Neolamprologus similis. Look like multis. Yeah, a little bit, a little more gold on them though, I think. Uh, just got six and eight more coming because of aggression. Yeah, yep. Um, I think multis are probably the simplest shell dweller to do. Um, Brevis and Similis and stuff. There's just something about uh, their social structure or something that makes them a little more difficult. But, but man, I hope you have good luck with them. Love watching them except for this one bully. <laughs> I hope the added ones will stop it. So um, you probably already know this, but a tip in, in case you weren't thinking of this is if before you put those fish in, the new fish, if you rearrange everything and move the shells around and everything, then, uh, then that might, that might help. All right. Um, I love watching the Shelly's dig, man. That's, that's the coolest thing. Just how they move the shell around and are constantly tweaking stuff to optimize how the water flows th through the shell entrance and, and all that stuff. They're, they're awesome. Um, Kyle, I use windows movie maker, but it's kind of restrictive for edits. Just downloaded both of those. Yeah. Um, I tried Windows Movie Maker, but if I remember right, like they stopped, they stopped creating it and it was hard to get support or something. I could be wrong, but I think I remember looking into that. Um, Kevin, check on, yo, yo, Kevin, what's up? Welcome. Doug's Fish Adventure. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nick, call it what we breed Wednesdays, lol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll find something. We'll find something to call it, but something I'm into and I think it'd be make, make for a fun chat. Um, hello everyone. Hello, Dan. Well, hello, Patricia. Glad you made it. Welcome. That's awesome. Um, just for fun. That's a good name. Yeah. What we breed Wednesday. I'll, I'll come up with something fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Petco dollar gallon is in the on and PA as well. So yeah, it must be everywhere. Mimi's aquatic addiction. I have a channel but not starting the build till March because going on a cruise. Oh, poor you. What tough decisions and stuff. Congratulations. That's awesome. Well, love the $1 gallon sales. They are every two to three months here. Yeah, I think once a quarter or so they go on sale. Well, have fun on the cruise and stuff. I hope you have a great time. And when you do do the fish room, 
Um, man, if you document that, um, I would love to watch it. I will totally geek out on that. Light the bell. Diego, look in the Aquarium Club groups on Facebook for Hamilton or Peel and see his posting there and ask if he will ship. Okay, great. Hopefully we're getting you, Diego, closer to, uh, to the multis you want. So Diego's going to start a fish room too at the end of the year. Great. Keep us posted. Um, and if anyone is building a fish room and just has a question, please feel free to contact me. Uh, ask me on chat here, or you can email me, dan at dansfish.com uh, through the website and, or just through whatever, but it's dan at dansfish.com. And if I can, I will, if I know the answer, I'll totally help you out. Um, all right. Like the bell, his first name is Lee. Okay. The seller of the cichlids that she's hooking Diego up with. Awesome. All right. Um, let's see your chat skipped on me again. So that's why I'm like <laughs> searching. Um, yeah, Doug, thanks for help. Uh, or Lytha, thanks for helping Doug out. That's awesome. And Doug, good luck on the fish room. Doug's fish adventure. Can't wait to start his fish room. Great. Diego K. Thanks, Dan. I will try that. Also right now is very cold constantly to ship live fish. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially if you're, uh, if you're up there in Canada, I would imagine. Although apparently in Florida, it's like Canada right now. Like Wyoming is almost as warm as Florida right now. <laughs> or I should say Florida is almost as cold as Wyoming. The, the world is flipped on its head, man. That is insane. I went to Florida in December a few years ago. And I remember getting off the plane in December and feeling like I'd walked into a sauna, like the heat and humidity just smacked me across the face. It was that feeling like when you open the oven, when you're baking and that hot, humid air just rushes out and hits you. <laughs> That's what I experienced in Florida in the winter. So the fact that they're like 26 degrees right now, that's crazy. Anyone out there, man, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're, I hope you're doing well. I hope, I hope nothing is getting damaged and your fish are doing fine. Man, the fish farms have to be hating it right now. It's got to be horrible for them. Um, Mimi, the owner of my local fish store is always so happy to see me. Well, yep, see, Mimi played her cards right. She, she knows how to do it. So anytime you can make the fish folks happy at your store, they'll, you know, they deal with jerks a lot, right? They deal with jerks a lot and they, they also deal with folks that, and this is no offense to anyone, but folks that just don't know anything about fish a lot. So after explaining the nitrogen cycle for the 50th time that day and telling someone how they need to set up their tank and that they can't get fish right now because of that cycle and all that. And then on top of that, dealing with jerks all day, if you come in and you're nice and pleasant and they don't have to explain the nitrogen cycle to you, <laughs> it's pretty, that's, that's good for them, right? Um, and again, everyone needs to learn the nitrogen cycle. That's important. Um, great. But I'm just saying it helps if, if, if you know a little bit about what you're doing and, um, and you're pleasant and bring coffee or something occasionally, they'll remember you and they'll, they'll look out for you. And if you don't know what you're doing, great, be pleasant and, and learn from them. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not saying everyone has to know everything. We all start somewhere, right? But yeah, treat the fish folks nice at the store and it'll pay dividends. Yep, for sure. For sure. Mimi, you played it well. 
Um, okay, Diego's looking for the on the info life that's shared with him. Great, I hope it works out. Thomas, I have a rule I don't special order until I buy $500 worth of fish. That way I have a good relationship. Yep, yep, that's, that is one way to do it for sure. Mimi, I understand I'm so excited to build another fish room. Can't wait, yeah. I dug, yep, yep, yep. Um, and that's why when like I threw out my back in January last year, that was why I was like, it sucked so hard because I was just about to go. I was so excited. I was starting to get going. And then I'm like bedridden. And I'm like, I'm too young for this. Like that was the first time I've ever had a back problem in my life. So it surprised me. It shocked me. And I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't like go play a sport the day before. And I didn't go lift something heavy. I just went to bed. <laughs> Couldn't get out of bed in the morning. It was life's weird sometimes. I tell you. Um, all right. Doug, Mimi's Aquatic Addiction. I am subscribed to your channel now and I can't wait to see. Yeah, I can't wait either. Um, all right. Everyone's subbing each other up. That's good. Networking is going. Glad to hear it. Day five aquatics. Hey everyone. Well, hello day five. Welcome. Um, glad you're here. We're going to go for a little while longer, um, either until the two hour mark. So about 15 more minutes or until a uh, chat runs out and, and we'll call it a day. So you'll get some of it. And, uh, if you want to watch the rest, we'll, we'll have a replay here. Oh, my lights just went out just a sec. Sorry about that. <laughs> the room's on a timer and uh, the lights just went out. So so the water change will start pretty soon here. All right. Um, where were we at? We're on Kyle. Kyle, you can still download Movie Maker from third-party sites. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, it's no longer supported. Well, if it works, great. I mean, it, it was simple and intuitive, right? Movie Maker back in the day, so yeah. Um, day five aquatics. I use CyberLink PowerDirector to edit my videos. That's awesome. It's pricey though, right? Uh, PowerDirector is it's a pretty pricey software package if I remember, but um, sometimes it's worth paying for. Like if you have to use it a lot and it's a good one, yeah, why not? So do you like it day five? I'm just curious um, if you like it. Kyle's Wild World. I love watching people water change and auto water change builds. Uh, I steal their ideas for my fish room. Yeah, that's that's what you do, right? That's how you learn. That's how you build a fish room. You talk to people, watch their videos, or go to their fish rooms, see the good ideas, and you steal them. Absolutely. Yep. Thomas Perkins, I'm working on a fish room again. I need to get an auto water change for my health. Water change, my health doesn't let me do the bucket thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, auto water change is the way to go. So, um, oh, hang on. I'm trying to look up the winner to answer your question. And instead I, hang on, let me find it. Here it is. So I forgot who the winner was. Um, day five's asking who the winner was. I'm gonna look it up real quick <laughs> on, my, on my widget. I closed out, um, just give me half a second and I'll tell you. So the winner tonight was Francis Cardi. That's who it was from Oakland. So Francis Cardi from California won the $100 tonight. Uh, 
power director was less than 100 bucks when I first got it. I like it a lot. It can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know. So it's cheap and it's uh, flexible. Doug's Fish Adventure. Well, I enjoy your live chats and my phone has 2%. Thanks, Dan, and thanks, everyone. See you next time. All right, Doug. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate seeing you. Appreciate you being here. Um, congrats to the night's winner. Yeah, congrats to Francis. Francis Cardi. Um, who won by subscribing to the monthly newsletter. That's what got them entered in, or at least that's the winning action that they took. Yep. Uh, CL Roman, been using the Python long hose, no bucket for me, I have seven tanks. Yeah, the Python, I remember when I first found that thing and used it and it was a, it was a game changer for me. It was fantastic to not have to schlep water in buckets anymore. Um, it does waste a lot of water though when you're uh, when you have it on to create the siphon. But if you have a spigot that's down low and you just start it, then you can get the siphon going and turn it off and not waste so much. But yeah, it definitely helps the back. If you have a back issue or a health issue, the Python can definitely help you out. That would totally be worth it. And they're not too cheap, but they last forever. The Python is a well-built system for sure. Patricia, congrats, Lil. Yes, congrats to Francis again. Uh, Mimi, I like to do the water changes myself, but I have auto water change system for when I can't do it or I'm just too busy to do it. But I always make the time to do some myself almost every day. Yeah, I could see that, Mimi, because it's a, it's a time to check in with the tanks, right? If you're changing the water, you're in there, you're observing them, you're feeling connected, and you get a good sense of what's going on in the aquarium. Um, so that's, I think that's a smart thing to do. Um, the danger with auto water changes is getting complacent. So, um, thinking that everything's okay and it's going to be okay forever. That's the danger. So, or, or like forgetting to change your carbon block filters or something like that in the system. So that's why for me, the time I check in with the fish is, uh, when I feed, I take a, a little time to observe every tank. And then every day at the end of the day before bed, I'll watch one or two tanks and just sit and watch them. Well, the, the lights are out now, but usually I do that. I won't be able to tonight because the lights went out, but I'll take some time and I'll, I'll just sit and watch a tank. And I'll kind of go around the room that way uh, once every few weeks, um, every couple weeks and then circle back. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, the chat has uh, come to a stop. We've been going for an hour and 50 minutes, so I think we'll call it a night. Thank you to everyone that participated. This was a fun one. Um, we've got a critical mass of folks here, and so we had a good discussion going. So thanks to all that came. Thanks to anyone that shared and helped bring people over. Uh, Kyle, I know you did, so thank you. Anyone else that did that and that I don't know, thank you as well. I'm still working on when the regular time will be. Um, I don't want to conflict with, say, Bob Steenfot or, or someone who's been doing it for a long time and just, you know, is done so much for the community. I feel that that, that deserves to be respected. So I, I don't want to step on any toes. Um, as I've been doing this and checking other live stream times, it, it seems like seven o'clock so far is a time that works okay. So um, that's what I'm going to kind of be doing from here on out, at least through this contest and probably about seven o'clock. 
Now that might not always be the case. Sometimes I might have to do it earlier because you know I'm taking the wife out on a date or, or something. But um, in general, I think seven o'clock through Sunday is when it'll be. And then I'll get a regular schedule up and going, probably starting, um, I'll figure that out at the latest next week. And at the latest, the following week, I'll have a regular schedule. So we'll finally be able to kind of know when this will be and plan accordingly. So thanks for bearing with me. It's been so off the cuff. Um, the last, you know, well, every time I've live streamed, just because I'm still figuring out the best time when I can do it and when everyone else is doing it. But I, I've got an okay sense of it now, so we'll be locking that in. But anyway, thanks again, everybody. Appreciate it. I had a blast, and I will catch you on the flip side. So tomorrow I will announce another $100 winner, and if you can make it, I would love to see you there. All right. Thank you all.